Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode of Nikki and Moose, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, off top, it's it's the real life of a content creator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we personally know this gentleman um, as just part of the community. To now a top YouTube creator um, from having a nine to five to helping other people make content to now uh, making skits and having merch and all this. I, I'm, I'm saying too much. I'm saying too much. Moose, mm. tell them who we talking about and what you think about this Man. episode. The one and only, uh, I, and you know, he said, you know, don't dress up the name. But for me, it's like a YouTube sensation. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Big in the making. Daryl Mays, man. We got Daryl Mays on this episode. Super excited for this one. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens. Cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So without further ado, I mean, let's just get our guy on here and let's just have this conversation of content creation journey, okay? Daryl! What's happening? What's going on, y'all? I appreciate y'all. First of all, that intro will forever be hard. I love that intro, y'all. That intro is hard, y'all. But I appreciate y'all for having me on here, man. I feel like I'm doing something special to be on here, for real. Uh, You kind of are. You kind of are. I mean, we got we got to have our notes up. I got we got to have our subscribers up. Like oh, you, wow. what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for we, real. We got to have How these conversations. Really we got about uh, nine hundred ninety thousand uh, more to go. So you know, yeah. we, we, we get it. Yeah, talk about y'all killing it though. Y'all killing it, man. Y'all killing it truly. Y'all really yeah. are. Listen, we trying. We just trying to be like you. But uh, first, first and foremost, let's 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 do it this way, right? Let's do it this way. Um, I know, and Moose could tell mm-hmm. his story. Uh, I I met Daryl in Reed University, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. just like, just great energy. And I want you to really break down. Where in the world did you come from? Like, how <laughs> how how did we get here? Because I know, I remember you one way. And then I saw the skits. I was like, oh, these are dope, right? And you would put them in in, in BU, right? Some with the mm-hmm. curses, some with not. I remember, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, you're like, uh, I, I don't have time for this person. I got to create <laughs> on my own. And then you just became really big. I was like, where did this happen? So yeah. can you just break down like the, that hmm. journey? Because I, hmm. I, I want to know myself. Okay, do you want, so I talk a lot. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that off top. So do you want like the long version? You want me to just like kind of go straight into it or like how you want it? However you feel like telling your story. This is your narrative. Okay, Okay, bet. All right, so basically the way it happened was I started MBU. I was making beats, right? So my my original plan was I wanted to be a music producer. That that was my original thing. I was making beats. I was um, 
I'm just doing my thing in that lane. And then what ended up happening was I wanted to like learn how to sell my beats, right? So what happened was I was posting on YouTube and I, I remember at the time when like people would make beats on YouTube, they would just have like a simple picture with like some music behind it. And that was just boring to me. And I've always been like super creative. So I was like, yo, I want to figure out a way to make beats and sell beats, but it'd be enticing, it'd be entertaining. So what I started doing was, and I thought it was a creative idea at the time until I found out about like retention and all that stuff. I used to do what I call turn up with me's where I would play a beat and I would just sit in the chair and I would just turn up. And that's what I had in BU. That's what BU was. BU was, I would post those videos where I'd make a beat and then I would just sit in the chair and dance to it. So what ended up happening was, long story short, um, I was, it got to a point where, man, the videos just stopped making sense. They stopped making sense. It was like, I remember this one video I had where I was dancing to a beat and I was standing on this, on this like white wall and I had like this black trench coat on with some black shades and it just made no sense. And I was like, yo, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> and I was like, so I was like, yo, I'm not doing this no more. So what happened is um, I started making like skits around the beats. And the reason was because I used to watch Reggie Cuz. Reggie Cuz, in my opinion, was one of the funniest comedy skit makers, YouTubers in, in the game, period. Um, and so I was like, yo, and I've always been like immersed in this like world of comedy. Like I grew up on the Bernie Mac show, on Everybody Hates Chris, on Kings of Queens. I grew up on like comedy. All I watched was comedy. That's that's all I cared about was comedy, just laughing. Um, and so I was like, yo, I'm gonna just make skits around the beats. And I started doing that. And then it got to a point where people was like, yo, like the beat is okay, but the video is funny. You can cut that beat out. And I was like, mm. for real? Like I'm trying to sell music. Y'all want me to cut the beat out? And I was like, right. all right, man. So I made a video on my channel saying, yo, I'm stopping with the beats. I'm going to do comedy skits. And that was beginning of 2018. And ever since then, I've been I've been making comedy skits, man. And, and this is like a side story. So you mentioned how you were like, um, I, I, you know, I started. So I started. Sometimes they would have cursing in them. Sometimes they wouldn't. And what that was is I. it's so weird. Like I grew up in this place where I. Like I was always the the quote unquote good kid kind of sorta to mm -hmm. where like whatever like grown folks told us as far as like, oh yeah you shouldn't curse and you should be this way like I was like that and so I was doing it for other people but really in my opinion oh they're gonna this is gonna come up a few times if you find an active thing just ignore it I don't know how to turn it off but <laughs> but anyway so um so yeah it was like I always thought and this is just my personal opinion because I grew up again on Bernie Mac Steve Harvey Kings of Comedy. I always thought that like certain words make a joke funnier and I certain words just fit or I can say, boy, sit your butt down or I can say, boy, sit your, it, it just, it's just a different vibe. And so I was like, yo, I, like I really want to be funny, be entertaining. So I just kind of like adjust it um, while still being comfortable in who I am. So that's a, the, the longer version. But yeah, so I went from making beats to comedy skits and that's what I do full time. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Nah, but th there's a level of obedience in that, though, because, right, like your passion was music. You wanted to be a producer trying to sell the beats. And it's like, OK, it's time to switch. Mm. Like what was going through your mind? Was there a little bit of like, ah, I don't know if I should be doing this mm. or it's like, oh, whatever. I, I just yeah. want to do it for fun. Like, did you think it would be what it is now? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A couple hundred thousand, um, nearly a million subscribers later. Yeah. Nah. So really, honestly, the truth is what happened was. When I started making skits around the beats, it got to a point where it was weird because I would have these great ideas for funny videos and I would say, yo, this would be hilarious. Then I'd be like, dang, I got to put a beat in there and it's going to mess up the video. So I'm like, dang. So I was already thinking anyway, like, yo, I want to figure out how I can, because at this point, like I've always been creative. I've always been like this creator in terms of like, I want to be able to tell funny stories. 
So to think about it, like, yo, I got this funny idea in my mind, but I got to put a beat in it. And then it's going to mess up the vibe of the video. So it wasn't really a hard transition. It was more like, yo, I'm going to just cut these beats out. <laughs> and, and it's as simple mm. as that. And I'm going to just keep making like funny because in all honesty, what I do now is exactly what I was doing 10, 15 years ago. Like I was making little comedy skits for my friends and sending it to people randomly, just jokingly. Like I like I I used to buy like bucket hats and fake chains and I would like make little rap parodies and send them to my friends just as jokes. So literally y'all getting me like I've been doing this since like right. I was little. So it just made sense now to say, let me just take it serious and like put comedy skits online. And I didn't care what people thought. It was like, yo, you either going to like it or you're not. I'm going to have fun. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. <laughs> love it. Mm. He's gonna have fun. You know what I mean? He's gonna have fun. All right, let's 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 talk about uh, the very first video that you were like, "Oh snap, this is working." Hold on, mm-hmm. what was it? Uh, how long did it take? Like, I want mm. I want all the details. Like, did it yeah. take uh, four Ooh. hours? Did it take? 30 minutes and mm-hmm. you didn't understand, like talk, talk to us about this. So that's a, a, a very weird question. Right. And a, the que- the reason it's weird for me is because I've never been the guy who was like motivated by numbers and stuff like that. Never been that guy. Right. So what I'll say is I've been on, on YouTube creating content. My first video went up in 2011. That was, that was my first ever video. And my channel didn't quote unquote pop off until 2021. So I'm talking about 10 straight mm. years of just wow. like having fun going through them, like just just making videos because I wanted to make them. Right. The first time I knew that this thing was working, though, um, I'm going I'm to kind of break it into two parts. The, the thing that I saw that was working for me is when I realized that and, and this is what like advice I give to like creators now is I think we don't always understand our value because in my mind, I'm just making comedy skits. In my mm-hmm. mind, I'm just like, yo, I'm just out here being stupid. I'm just making funny little videos with Pops characters and I got mechanic characters and just having a good time. Whereas I get people who message me and be like, yo, like I deal with suicidal thoughts and depression and all these things mm-hmm. and your videos help me cope. Like I had this one kid message me and was like, yo, I had a terrible day at school and I came home, my mom and dad beat me and I'm in the bed right now crying and I was watching your video and I started laughing and now I feel better. And to me, that was more important than like, yo, these numbers and stuff. It's never been about numbers to me. It's just more, I have fun with what I'm doing. And I think that's why before we we started recording, we were talking about like why I like, you know, I'm I'm building a team now, but it's hard for me to let go of the editing piece because I thoroughly enjoy what I do. So mm-hmm. for me to let it go would be losing this piece of fulfillment that I get in creating content. So, um, hmm. so that was the first piece. The first piece was like when I found out it was working was before the channel even took off. This was maybe two, three thousand subscribers, like, like just having a good time, enjoying myself, and then people send me those messages. The first video that popped off and went viral for me was so okay. So this is an, another piece of advice for people who don't who don't really know. So the way I look at it is these social media platforms don't like each other, right? They constantly fight for attention. You got TikTok competing with YouTube, YouTube competing with Instagram. And TikTok was like blowing up at the time. TikTok was like getting massive, right? And so you had Instagram come out with Reels. You had Facebook having their own thing. You got YouTube came out with something called YouTube Shorts and it was in beta. So knowing what I know now, I'm like, yo, if if they're promoting this new feature and they're like trying to compete with TikTok, then obviously 
if you were to jump on this, not trend, but jump on this new feature, they're going to be promoting it. So the first short I ever did, the first YouTube short I ever did was called If You Were Honest With Her Parents. And that's a series now that has just taken off. People love it If You Were Honest. Um, that was the first video I ever did. And it went stupid viral. It went like in a week. It had like 1.5 mil. And it was just climbing mm. and climbing. And I was so nervous. I was like, y'all don't even want to touch it. Because you know how like something start doing good. And you're yeah. like, I ain't going to post nothing. I ain't going to do nothing. And then I sat down with one of my boys. So and another piece, important uh, piece of being a creator is make sure you got people around you who know what they're talking about and they can see things in a way that you can't. One of my boys sat me down, shout out to Two Socks Productions, mentored me in his YouTube game. Um, he was like, yo, like we sat down and looked at my analytics one day. And he was like, yo, you getting like 30 million views a month off of this one video. And I'm like, yo, like for real? He's like, yo, what you need to do is do a 30 day challenge where you go and you just post a short every single day. And mm. I was like, I bet. And then, so I did it. And we was able to grow from like 35. Because that video got me like 35K subscribers. And we went from 35 to 100 in like a couple months. 100 to 2 to 3 to 4 to 5. And then we hit a meal. And it was strictly within. We hit a meal within a nine-month period off of simply posting shorts. And so mm. and, and it was really off of. Um, and. Mind you now, this is weird for me because I'm a long form, long form content creator. Most of my videos before this were like six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. But what I had to realize is that when you scrolling through TikTok and Instagram and even YouTube, you got to have digestible content. You can't just have 10 minutes of a video because everybody ain't got time like that. But people be checking Instagram at the light, you know what I'm saying, in the car. Right. So you got to be careful not to like, you got to be careful. Like when people are scrolling, they just scrolling. So it was it was a difficult transition for me to go from six, seven minute videos to, to 30 seconds to a minute. But when I found out that that was the sauce, like people loved it. I was like, yo, this might be something hmm. like this might really be something. So um, I kind of went off track and lost the question. But that, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's but yeah. So, well, kind of what happened was. Yeah, but what happened yeah. was. You know, but yeah, so the first time I knew it was working was the messages I get about people dealing with suicidal uh, thoughts and depression. And then as far as numbers and pop off was 20, 11 years after I started. That, that's mm. when. Sheesh. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, man. That's incredible. Because like to a lot of people watching from the outside, they might be like, wow, you blew up so quick. No. Not recognizing that you had a decade, mm -hmm. right? More than a decade, it seemed like, of that, that same thing. Just trial and error, pursuing your passion and making it work, mm -hmm. which is really cool. What were some business lessons that you learned along the way now? So like, okay, this stuff starts happening. Like it's, it's accelerating mm -hmm. really quick. You got into it not to make money, it seems. Mm -hmm. Like you got into it because this is what you enjoyed to do. You wanted to make people laugh. You were doing it genuinely. At what point did you realize, okay, hold up. I got to start thinking about this a little bit yeah. more outside of just me making something funny and posting it. When did that happen? Yeah. So actually it's funny because I started the journey of, so what I had to learn in this whole blow up period of my channel taking off was I had to learn the transition from a creator to a business. I had to learn that because I was so used to like being the content creator, just like creating content that I was completely neglecting the business side, like there's a quote, I think that goes, I was focusing, like I was so much focused in the business that I wasn't, that, that I wasn't focused on the business or something mm -hmm. like that. I, I mm -hmm. don't, I don't know exactly how it goes, but it, it's something along those lines to where I was just creating, 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 not thinking about taxes, not thinking about the fact that I'm not being productive, not thinking about my workflow. So the biggest lesson that I, that I learned in this whole business, or one of the biggest lessons 
was that <clears throat> I think this may come from a plot. So for people who don't know, I've never met my father. Not, don't know him, don't know his name, don't know what he looked like, none of that. And it, it was just me, my mom, and my brother growing up. And so I was always, quote unquote, the man of the house. So I've always been independent, always been the one who, if something was broken in the house, I fixed it. If it was anything that needed to be repaired, it was me. Like when it came to, like when I got my first car at like 18, I was taking it to the grocery store. I was buying. So I've always been super independent. So when it came into business, I had to realize I don't have to do everything. And, and so hmm. what's dope is, and this is just like a story example, right? So, and this is why it's important to have good friends. So the first time when I first got into YouTube and I, like my channel was moving, I started making merch, right? And I made this merch that I thought was so dope. It was so fire at the time. I'm like, yeah, I, I hand drew it on my tablet and I was killing it, right? Last month, well, not even last month, maybe at last year sometime, one of my boys FaceTime me again, shout out to Socks Productions, FaceTime me was like, yo, I met the laundromat and these kids are wearing your, your, your hoodies. He's like, yeah, like, so he FaceTimed me. I got to talk to the kids with Dolby Experience. Like, yo, I appreciate y'all support, love, and all that. And after they left, he told me, he was like, yo, bro, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. This merch is trash. And I was like, dang. <laughs> he told me straight up, like, yo, this merch is trash. And I'm like, mm. but I didn't get offended because I knew, like, this isn't my area of expertise. I just made it because I just, I was told that, like, YouTube, of course, you want to have different streams of revenue. You don't just support, I mean, you don't just lean on AdSense, right? So that started a whole thing for me to where now I got a designer who handles all of my merch stuff. And we, I just got the pieces in like yesterday and we're revamping this whole merch thing. But anyway, the whole, the whole meaning of this story is I had to learn that I don't, I don't have to do this by myself. I do. I've been doing everything mm. by myself from editing to filming to like whenever I make my little parody rap songs, I be mixing and mastering tracks in here. I be downloading GarageBand and FO Studio and putting beats together. And it's like, I don't have to do that. You don't have, like, even if you don't have the quote unquote resources, you got resources like Fiverr. You got resources like, like if you got a little nephew who in school, pay him $20 a month to just respond to your comments on Instagram. Like it just frees your time. Like your time is the most important thing. And that's what I had to learn. So I'm still learning. I'm still in that transition of going from creator to business. And it's a tough transition because you have to like you have to. There's a lot of mindset shifts that take place. And again, that's why it's important to have people around you who know what they're talking about and who can speak into your life in different ways. So, um, again, I'm talking a lot. But, yeah, that, that was the biggest business lesson I've learned as of recently. It's just like you don't, you don't have to be solo dolo all the time. You can get a team. Mm. You can get people to help you. That's good. You said you said the key words, uh, multiple streams of income from <laughs> from creating content. Let's let's yeah. talk about it. Okay, so so break down to the to the people based off your experiences. What are the different streams? Just being a content creator, and which one have you seen the most money from? Okay, mm. that's that's the okay. that's the important part. Like we 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 want to know how you making this money, like, yeah. <laughs> and what does that actually look like? Because some people, I, what I love about like YouTube creators, they literally are super transparent about like, okay, I got a hundred dollars this month. Okay, now it went to three thousand. Okay, now it's woo woo woo. And with your growth with YouTube Shorts. Like, I don't think that's ever really been broken down 
from a content creator standpoint of what does that really look like from a monetizing Mm -hmm. standpoint. So if you can break down the multiple streams and, you know, what does that look like for you? For sure, for sure. So one, I'm a, I'm I mean, look, I'm open and transparent. It's probably not a good thing, but I'm very open. So I don't mind sharing whatever. So first thing I'll say is the 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 thing I quickly learned is that shorts content for people who who don't know when it comes to YouTube shorts and TikTok and stuff like that. Well, specifically YouTube. YouTube shorts are meant more so for reach and engagement. You mm-hmm. don't shorts don't pay that much. Shorts probably pay me. Now, granted, it's a lot of money to some people. Shorts probably pay me like two grand a month, which is a lot of money for some people. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of money. But compared to the other streams, it's not a lot. They, they pay maybe two grand a month, depending on how often you post. And there's some people who make way more than that. But for me anyway, and, and the way that I post, that's what I make off of YouTube shorts only, right? Um, so the different streams you got, you got YouTube AdSense revenue. And again, totally transparent. The most I've made off of YouTube ad revenue is like 50 grand in a month, which is amazing. 50 grand in a month off of YouTube AdSense revenue. Hold um, first of all, you're not going to speed past that. Like you just said what you just said. No. no. Yikes. No. No, you're not going. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. My bad. My rewind. Bad. Yeah. Say that a little. <laughs> say that for say the people. Slower. Yeah, say that slowly yeah. for the say people in the slower. back. My bad. My bad. So, yeah, the most I've made off of YouTube, the biggest I've seen thus far is 50 grand in a month. Yeah, I'll say that. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that that's what been was that the, reaction like. You said what? What was that reaction like? And what was the reaction like? You don't say you just open up fifty, like. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta know. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? Honestly, is is weird because I feel like I'm still living in this phase of like I don't know what's happening. So it's like I'll see things like uh, again, uh, and I posted on my Instagram. I just bought my dream car. Just bought a Tesla Model Three, right? And I was gonna ask, did Elon pay for that, or how did that work? I wish you to pay it, boy. <laughs> but um, but the crazy part is like these these like blessings I call them are they're coming in and they're so dope. But I don't allow myself to sit in them for too long. Like I don't allow myself to get to this place where I'm comfortable. Or I feel like yo, I've accomplished this month. Now I do allow myself to to be grounded and be like, yo, I've reached this point. I'm so thankful for the people's support. Thankful to my friends, my family, God, all these things. But when I saw like the 50 or whatever, it was more like, man, like this is cool. Like this is dope. But it's like, I feel like I still haven't really experienced like this, this high of like, but I think it's a good thing because I don't want, like, I never, I got a friend who tells me that she loves but hates that I'm so humble. And it's not even by choice. I'm I'm naturally like I don't get too high on my own on my own. I don't drink my own Kool-Aid. I yeah. I just do what I do. You, I enjoy you say you don't get high on your own supply. It's all right. I, I know where you were going. I, was, I, was, I know where you were no, going. I was with looking it. for it. I was looking for it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't want people to think I'm <laughs> over wanna, here. You know I don't want them to think yeah. I'm cracked out. But yeah, my bad, my bad. I was I was looking for it. So yeah, I don't get high on my own supply. Um. So yeah, it's like I really feel like I haven't really I haven't felt it yet. I, I, the one time I felt it was the first YouTube check I ever got that was like pretty good money was like six grand. And I remember I was in the car and I was counting it because I used to move my money from bank to bank physically and I was counting it and I started crying. I was like, yo, like what the, like what's going on mm. right now? Um, Cause I was like, I was counting, it was like just a, a, a row of hundreds. And I was just like, yo, what in the world, bro? So that was, that was the first time I actually felt it. But I think 
Maybe if the 50 grand was cash, it'd have been different. Maybe I'd have laid it down on the bed and rolled around. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I still haven't necessarily felt it yet. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so you said yeah. AdSense. We said, we said shorts. What, what yeah. else are the other ones? So then you got, um, man, I got so many stories for y'all. Like, I, I'm trying to, okay. I'm a, okay. And th- this is, so this kind of goes back to my point, right? My point of, me, I've never been money number driven. I took the assessment. Um, you guys know, of course, I took the, I think it's the attributes assessment. And my number one was like, I want to say it was like individualism or something like that. I can't remember what it was called, but it was something to the point where like, I'm driven off of me being able to be me. I got this deal recently and I'm excited to share this publicly because I, because I know, and I, I know because God is, is so good. I got this deal. There's this company out here, right? Who they basically buy all of your older content. All of the mm. videos I made from 2011 to 2021, they wanted to buy it. They approached me with a six-figure deal. And they was like, yo, we, we want to buy all your older videos from you. Hold, wait, first of all, and, you speed past that. Like, you didn't just say what you just said. Say that one more time. What was six? Yeah. You said so they six? Offered, they offered six figures for my content from 2011 to 2021. Because uh, they say that your older content doesn't perform as well. My content still perform, but they, they say over time it starts to like dwindle to where you don't make much money from it, which is true, right? But the one thing, so we got to read this, and, and I'm gonna get back to the streams and stuff like that. But these are the two the two biggest for me are brand deals and and um brand deals and assets revenue. Mm-hmm. So um the biggest red flag, and I looked at the contract, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. They want to offer me this much money. I look at the contract, and the one thing that I read, and I'm talking about they man, they, they came back to me four or five times over this, like. They, they were really trying to get me to take this. And I was like, oh, I turned it down. I think I said that. I turned it down. Um, so the, num- the, the, the biggest concern was they wanted me to post a certain amount of times, a, a certain amount of times for like five to 10 years. Mm. And I was like, yo, mm. y'all basically asking me to sign away my creative freedom. Like, and I can't give that away. Like the reason I got into YouTube and got into content creation is because I have the freedom to do what I want, post what I want, how I want. And the way that I look at it too is I'm not hurting, right? I'm not hurting for this money. So if, if I was hurting for it, which I can understand how some people might take it, it's like, yo, this is a large lump sum, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm not hurting for it. So it wouldn't make sense for me to take it. Plus, I don't even know what I would do with it. I'm still like in the process of learning like wealth management and financial literacy. So I'm not trying to take it and just blow it. But so yeah, um, like I, I, the reason I'm so excited to say I turned it down is because I just know that if they were w- willing to offer me that, I know I'm worth so much more. I mm. know it. Mm. And so it's like, and so I'm just excited about what, what else got. So AdSense revenue was 50 grand in a month. Um, biggest brand deal was this six figure thing. I turned it down, which is cool. But um, next you got merch, which um, merch is, does decent depending on how you do it, like and how you sell it. Merch, I, I think I made last year maybe like five, six grand off of merch. Um, you have what else? Oh, TikTok pays. Um, you have Instagram pays for like bonuses. You got um sometimes collaborations pay. I'm trying to think. Um, there's a lot of ways to get paid off of social media. Um, oh, Facebook pays. Uh I'm trying to think. Like, there's a lot of ways, but I'm having a brain fart right now as to oh, like you're good. the difference. You're good. Yeah, I, j- I just want to make sure. That you you covered your 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 big spots of yeah. of uh, making some income just mm. creating content. So no, that right. was that was dope. 
that was people sleep on awesome. content creation. It's money in content creation. People sleep on it. People Talk sleep on it. it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what I love that that's dope. We we gonna have to circle back to that. Mm -hmm. So now, what? So because like the way you told the story, it's as if the first ten years of content was just like ah, you know, whatever. It didn't work out. They they helped me establish my creativity. But now it seemed like you got companies coming back saying, oh, we'll take we'll take that mm -hmm. old stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, which is incredible. That's awesome. So so now, are you looking at? And, and Nikki and I have been talking about this over the last few weeks. Most people, when they get to some level of success, especially online, they start offering other services for other creators or people wanting to come into the space to teach them how to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. What's your thoughts on that process? Are you like considering that? Is it something for you where you're like, no, I kind of just want to, you know, look after my my YouTube channel and the stuff that I have now as opposed to going into a different stream? Yeah. So I actually what's funny is I started getting into like click funnels for a while. Like I took the OFA challenge with Russell Brunson and all that. And I actually came out with an ebook that was like the how to go viral playbook or something like that. I had a mentor who was telling me like how to, you know, like how to sell and use funnels and stuff like that. And I think, and this was kind of recent actually. So it's not like it was a long time ago. Um, it was like maybe end of last year. And I just like, I don't know. I, I like talking about what I do and talking about how I did it. So we have a, a group here in Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, for people who don't know. We host like meetups, like YouTube meetups. We'll meet and we'll talk about how to grow on YouTube, how to make money on social media, all that stuff. Um, if you want, if you're interested, the page is, is Charlotte Creators on Instagram. Follow that. We do meetups and stuff like that. Um, but so I thought about it, but I don't, that was just something about the idea of like selling to me. I just don't like having to sell people. I don't know what it is. It's just this real, I get this real like icky feeling when I say, yo, buy my course, buy my, I, I just, I don't know. It's weird. So I'm in this place right now where I think what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to learn how to, while I'm in this circle, while I'm in this bubble where like stuff is moving, stuff is going up. I'm still averaging like millions of views a month and stuff like that. And I have the resources. I'm trying to figure out how to maximize this and really maximize my influence using it in different ways so i want to do like meet and greets and do tours where like i have a, a character who does like rapping and stuff i want to you know go on tour and perform those one day i want to host youtube meet and greets and, and meetups and like figure out ways to to really take the impact that i have and and share it with the community in a way that also makes me money while i'm also able to help people so stuff like like different stuff like um there's a guy i look up to named kyle exum who makes comedy skits similar to me and one of the things that he does that is, oh, another stream of revenue. I'm sorry. So the music, <laughs> so the, 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 the songs I be making, I put on Apple Music and Spotify. And them right there, that paid too. That paid too. Apple Music mm. and Spotify pay. You can probably, you can get a couple grand off of that. You can get a couple grand off of that a month. Simply off of like mm. making, I'm talking about these are like rap, uh, rap parodies. And I put them on, um, it's a Shopify and Apple Music. People love them things, man. So that, that paid too. But, um, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about impact and uh, yeah, going on go. tour there with go, some go. of that stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, um, in terms of like teaching people how to make comedy skits, I thought about it, man, but I just don't see myself as like a teacher. And maybe my per mm -hmm. my perception of it is just wrong because I see it as like no disrespect to him whatsoever, but I see it as like I don't want to be the next Russell Brunson. Not okay, nothing wrong with him. Again, dope guy. I, I love his the uh, the the. Uh, OFA challenge. I loved it. I think it's a dope idea, but I don't see myself as a teacher, man. And I'm just like, I want to use my impact in a way that 
can impact people while still being able to also be who I am. Just be funny, be goofy, be wild, do what I want to do and not necessarily, so I don't know, I don't know. Maybe my perspective is wrong. Maybe I just need to look more into it, but yeah, to answer the question, I've considered it and I still got the ebook. Yeah. The ebook is still out. I just haven't really promoted it. Man. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Nope, you're, you're not alone. Permission. <laughs> <laughs> For real. All right, let's, let's talk into this structure of creating content. So, Mm-hmm. You create a whole guap of skits. And if you haven't mm-hmm. seen his skits and what he does. Hilarious. That, oh, my God. The dad ones are dumb. Funny. Oh, man. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. But like break down. How does that look? How long does that take um, from the very beginning when you thought about it to like the the workflow that you have now? Do you even have a mm-hmm. workflow? Or is it more of like. Mm-hmm. I'm Nikki. I'm inspired. Moose, I'm going to do this now. Boom. Like, break down that mm. structure. Y'all asking good questions, man. This is this is stuff I be journaling about, y'all. So, all right. So, I'll say this, right? So, when I first started, my workflow was different, right? I, I remember I was watching this, um, I was watching this interview with Country Wayne. Love Country Wayne. Hilarious dude. Um, and he was talking about how basically he shoots like 14, 15, 16 videos in a weekend or something like that. And he only works like two times a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that is so productive, like to be able to shoot that many videos. And so that was like my formula. I was like, yo, what I'm going to do is because at the time I was living with my mom, I was reading Airbnbs every month and I was just shooting content. So I would write like eight, nine scripts in a night and then go to the Airbnb and shoot like 12 videos within like a day and a half. That was like, that was my process. And what I found very quickly within three to four months, I started to really get burnt out, bro. I was like, yo, like, I don't like this. Like Mm. it's, I love creating content, but to get to it, like, just imagine I'm writing all these scripts for one point. I mean, for one, and then I'm thinking, okay, tomorrow I got to go to this Airbnb and I got to shoot 12 to 13 videos all at one time. It was so much stress. I was like, yo, this is not healthy. So what I had to learn, I was listening to this ebook um, called The E-Myth, right? And that was, and it's always the simple one-liners for me. It, the, so there's a story, I'll, I'll make it quick. There was a story about a lady who owned a pie shop or something, right? And she'd been making pies all her life, making pies, and she loved it. It was like her passion. And it got to a point where, because her business took off and she was making all this money doing pies, it gets to a point where it's not fun no more. And it's like, yo, like it was fun at one point, but now I just feel like, uh, I feel like a robot in this thing. And what the narrator told her that was so dope. He was like, yo, baking pies isn't about getting it done. It's about baking pies. And what that meant to me was making videos and making comedy skits ain't about getting it done. Me making 12 videos a night was about how can I put out more content? But what, what people don't realize is I didn't, the stretch of content I put out in that time, I did. I was not happy with because all of my videos started to look the same. It was Pops and Daryl. It was Pops arguing. And people don't understand. It take a lot to play Pop. All this be burning. When I be yelling, when I be, Daryl, get your ass. Like, all that be burning. Like, for real, for real. I be sore. I be, like, if you look at any video, go back and look at any of my videos. The purple shirt, it be sweat dripping down that thing because Pop is a lot. He's very animated. So all of my videos were the same structure and the same characters to where I was looking at him like, yo, I keep like, why do I feel so stuck in this? Like where I don't, I'm not creative. I don't have ideas. I'm just putting stuff together. And so after I heard what a narrator told her, like, yo, making, well, the way I interpreted it, 
making videos isn't about getting it done. It's about making videos. What that means to me is it's about the reason I got into this in the first place. It's about the fact that I create videos is because I enjoy the process of content creating. I enjoy writing the scripts. I enjoy getting creative ideas. So what I do now is I took that weight off myself and I say, yo, I don't really have a schedule no more. I know I'm going to post two times a week, but I'm not going like go out of my way to try to. I used to sit and think of video ideas. Literally, I used to sit in this chair or at my mom's house. Think of video ideas so long that I would get a migraine. I would sit in a chair for hours thinking of like, yo, how can I, how, what's this video idea? How can I execute it and get migraines and have to take a nap? Cause my head would start hurting. That's how bad it was. Whereas now, like I don't even try and ideas flow so fast and I don't even like at the same time what I was doing too. And I had to, and this, this is like what I, I had to learn how to pace myself. Cause when you think about like a movie or, or like a, a rapper, right? A rapper will probably drop like an album a year, right? And then that whole time, it's like you just vibe off of that one album. The way I was oper- like, the way I was operating is, I would drop a video, get an idea, write it, film it, post it, post it, post it, post it to the point where you got all these ideas and you executed on all six ideas, which is amazing. But now you have no more content, mm. and it's like, dang. Now I got to sit back through this process of getting a migraine and going back to the Airbnbs. So what I started doing was stretching my content out. I'm like, yo, like in my book, I keep a list of ideas. In my ideas, I got like 20 ideas now. Well, no, I got thousands of ideas, but I got 20 for the month that are just in in a line. And instead of me saying, all right, let me film this to get it out. It's like, nah, what I'm going to do this week? This week, I'm going to write this. I'm going to film this. I'm going to edit this. And that's going to go out. And then guess what? Next week, I got more ideas. I don't got to think. I don't got. And then ideas come to me randomly now because I'm not even trying. They just come. I was I, I was coming through my apartment the other day, and uh, this just this just how I get ideas, right? I'm, I'm a, I was coming to my apartment, and this, this lady was coming. She was holding boxes, so I hold the door for her, and she just walked through, and she gave me this thank face. She don't even say thank you. She just walked through, and I'm just like, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and so, but. <laughs> I got in the house and I and I was like, man, I'm gonna make a video about that. I'm gonna make a video about how I should have reacted when she did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I wrote it down and now it's in, it's in my ideas to where maybe next month, sometime after I finish these, I'll, I'll be able to like drop. Um, I'll have video content. So, um, in terms of like structure and stuff like that, another thing I'll say. Last thing I shut up. I talk a lot, man. I swear. No, um, keep going. Is the last thing I'll say is so if you don't know who Mr. Beast is, Mr. Beast is the biggest YouTuber of all time. I'm saying. And he had this this quote one time where he was like, uh, basically, he would rather make 10 or make one amazing video than 10 trash videos. And that's how I operate. I operate in this mindset of quality over quantity. I can give y'all people want me to post every day. People want me to post uh, funny videos and shorts hourly like they want that. But and my thing is, I can give you that. But don't expect the same level of quality. Don't expect for it to be as funny. Because I'm not putting too much thought into it. When I sit and I and I I really like I wish I had my scripts. I got scripts and and shots and uh, shot lists and characters, and I'm out here buying props for these videos to make it interesting. Like it's a process. This is a production. I'm not just making comedy skits. I'm creating an experience for people. So I can't just give you a a, a, a minute video and it just be it. Like this is a process. So. When I tried to speed up that process, trying to be like somebody else, trying to be like Country Wayne, trying to be like Desi Banks, who can post every day, I got to realize our, our workflows are different. I don't operate like that. I get burnt out doing that. So I'm talking about, but yeah, I'm, I think I'm done. 
I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. My bad. I get to talking, y'all, uh, because people don't ask questions. People don't ask creators questions. They just assume we just know everything and got it made. And it's like, y'all don't even know the process. You know what I'm saying? No, that's real. Mm. That's real. That's nah, that's what's up. That's what's up. You know what's crazy? I remember uh I remember seeing you in DC. I think it was like 2019. Yep. Right. And and you were at the conference mm-hmm. and I was like, oh D, what's up? Like, and it was just like a completely different person. Like you were more shy, <laughs> reserved. Like he was like, I was like, oh, it's not. It's yeah. not comedy skit. D. It's okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so just talk about like, and I and of course I'm saying this because I'm seeing you now, and it's like you're so comfortable being you. Mm-hmm. Where some people, even throughout their creative process, they create a character that is not themselves. Mm-hmm. And Nikki talks about it all the time. Yo, it's hard to keep that person up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you create who you are, you can be that person all the time. Mm-hmm. So tell me like what changed and how do you preserve that now? Because I feel like right now you just in a flow, you're free, you're comfortable, <laughs> you're not like, you know, walking on eggshells. Talk about that a little bit, man, because yeah. the, the branding, the, the content, all this stuff is important, but I think also us being happy while we're doing this is just as important. Yeah. You know what's funny? So what's funny is the way that I was in DC when I, when I met you, or not when I met you, but when I saw you is that's pretty much how I am. Like I make comedy skits and I'm a goofy person, but... I mean, I just know that like there's a time for everything. And there, like a lot of times I don't talk. I just listen. So even when we went to see E.T. speak and we went to see, you know, Jamal speak, I'm I, like I'm there as a student. I'm not really there to like mm-hmm. I'm just not the guy to be in the mix like that. I'm I'm extroverted. Like I'm like an extroverted introvert. Like I can I can be out in the moment sometimes and I can talk and be amongst people. But I like to listen a lot of times. I like to learn like people always like. I feel like people want for me to always teach or to like people expect me to be funny 24 seven. I'm just not like that. Like, like I'm a mm. goofy guy and I like to make jokes and be funny. Like my girlfriend to tell you, I'm strange. I'm weird. I do some things sometimes where I'm pretty sure she'd be thinking, I don't know what's wrong with this boy. I'm pretty sure she do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but ultimately like, especially in, in a, in a scene like that, where it's like, we're in this, um, at a conference or we just chilling or something like that. I'm just laid back. I'm just like, yo, I'm just, I'm just chilling. I, I'm here to learn, to be a part of the mix, to network and stuff like that. And then, you know, maybe if we leave from there and we go get food, you'll see how weird I really am. But in the meantime, you know what I'm saying? This is, this is who I am. But what I will say, and something has changed since then though. And what I'll say is, and I would encourage everybody to do this, right? So I moved out my mom's house uh, last year. And I moved into my own spot by myself, all alone. And I think that was such a monumental shift for me because I had never spent time alone. And what I realized is like the first two weeks I was here, this is, I'm in my part now. The first two weeks I was here, I was super lonely. I was like, yo, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like I, I felt very like drained. I was like, yeah, why do I feel like I don't know myself? Like what's going on? And so it was literally like, a process of me figuring out who I was. Like, I don't necessarily put on any kind of personas. I am who I am wherever I go. But I mean, I do get caught up in character sometimes. Like, I wish I could be pop sometimes. I wish, but it, it, I can't do that. But <laughs> I wish, man. I wish I could speak my mind. But I let some people know. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but nah, so being in this place by myself, it forced me to deal with myself. And I've never had, to, like, to be in a place 
where I'm not subject to other people's opinions, perspectives. I can say or think something without it being met with some kind of rebuttal. I can say what I feel and nobody come back and say, well, that's not right. You shouldn't think that. It's like, no, I'm here in my own place to my own mind, to my own thoughts. And honestly, this whole process has been like me, a journey of me getting comfortable. Like I started journaling, like I bought it. So it's so weird because again, it's mindset shifts. When I used to like, I used to not like journaling because I felt like it felt like work. Like it felt like I'm back in Mm. school and I'm writing this journal. But what I realized was my the journal isn't just about writing how I feel. It's about writing really how I feel. I be cussing in my journal. I be going off on people in my journal. I be I be writing and sometimes <laughs> I only got words. I just draw what I'm feeling. I draw an angry face. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it's just about expressing yourself and being able to have a place or have an outlet to be able to to be able to express how you feel. So um so what I'll say changed in that one year from DC to now is I'm more comfortable in who I am, not feeling like I have to I have to be a certain way. I don't have to like like I'm not your typical I guess influencer. I'm not out here flying money. I'm not out here like like there are people I know. I ain't gonna say that. there are people I've met who are just they real. I want to say big time, but it's like you you meet this person and it's real like, and it's just like like I'm I'm not that kind of person. And so mm-hmm. um, yeah, so like this 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 whole process of me living by myself and so it's been an amazing experience because now. I think I'm finally in a place where I'm learning to understand who I am as opposed to what other people think of me or how I see myself through the eyes of other people. If that makes sense. Mm. I, I just want to say this was one of the best interviews so far. I just want to really? say, I just want to mm-hmm. say that. Really? I just, I'm talking about- <laughs> I'm just, maybe I'm biased. I'm just saying, I don't just, I just really like this interview. Um, I'm glad. I'm enjoying okay. it too. So let's talk about the transition. So, because you weren't always this big mm-hmm. time YouTube creator, this top content creator. You yeah. weren't always this. Like, you had a job. Like, I oh, remember yeah. uh, he hit me up on the DMs, like, uh, when did you know? Like, mm-hmm. what, what am yeah. I supposed to do? Right. So, I-, I want you to really break down like that itch. When you when you ask that question, like, is it Mm. time? And then what happened afterwards to where now you're by like you are the content creator that you are and you're not necessarily leaning on a nine to five, a small project, things like that. Like you are your mainstream of income. Yeah. See, again, another story. If, if I if I get to talking, just tell me to shut up. Come on. All no, right. we, we <laughs> haven't said shut no. up once. We're here for the stories. Yeah, we're here for the stories. Yeah. So what I'll say is, right, um, I'm going to start from my first job, my first official job, like on the books, was I worked at Target, right? Now, I when I first, and this is why I'm, I'm so loyal to Target. I think Target was a great company. I enjoyed working there. It, it was a great experience overall. Is this great company. black and red? All over your walls. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, not exactly. Not exactly. You have red not, yeah. because of Target. Yeah. I'm just saying. Not it. Red might be. I don't know. Not exactly. But red's my favorite color too. So maybe that that was the thing. I don't know. But um, so I was at Target, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I was so at the time I was like working like regular floor hard lines, which is just like stocking and stuff like that. 
Um, so I got, I'm gonna speak up the story a little bit. I got promoted to, I was a PA, which is like a produce manager. I was like over like two or three people in produce, whatever. What ended up happening was at that time I was making beats still, right? I wanted to be a music producer. I remember I was listening to like this. So I would always in the back, I would have headphones in. So I was listening to Secrets of Success. I was listening to Gary V. I was listening to everybody. I remember I was listening to this interview with Gary V where he talked about this app called Meetup, right? And he was like, yo, like if you're looking for people in your city who are similar to you, think like you go to Meetup app, download it, whatever, whatever. So I downloaded the Meetup app and I looked for music production. And that was this dude by the name of Brian E. Walker. Shout out to him who was hosting these music production meetups in Charlotte every Sunday, every Sunday. And he was like, he had worked with Bryson Tiller, Andy Minio. He was, he was like a, a dope dude. Like, so I was like, yo, I want to go to these meetups. So I started going on the Sundays when I had it off. And it got to a point where, and this, and this is where I knew like, okay, I'll, I'll say this. I always knew, again, I'm not driven by money, not driven financially. I'm all, I'm driven by the ability to be myself, right? It got to a point where I'm going to these meetups over and over and over again, every Sunday until Target told me I couldn't go no more. They was like, yo, as a, for anybody who works in retail or working grocery, you know, Sunday, the busiest day of the week, because that's when people come in to get their groceries. So as a PA, I can't leave. I'm stuck here. So it got to a point where they wouldn't let me go. They, they, they was like, yo, you, you can't go. So I was like, all right, bet. I'm going to quit. So I put in my two-week notice, and I literally quit my job so that I could go to those meetups on Sunday. So now the crazy part is the, the day before I actually quit, well, or the day before I left, they had gave me a raise, right? So I was making, I think I was making, at the, at the time, people were making like $9, $10 an hour. I was making, I think, 16 and they gave me a raise to 17 on the day that I put in my, my uh, resignate, whatever it's called, letter of resignation. I, I, they gave me $17 an hour. And I was like, man, that's dope. But can I get my Sundays off? And they was like, nope. I'm like, all right. So, so I left. So I literally, and, and this is the crazy part. And this is why, like, I, again, like, I, again, same thing with the whole brand deal thing, the whole like six, six, uh, six figure deal. It quote unquote might've been a stupid decision, but I feel like my stupid decisions always pay off. Um, I went from making $17 at the pawn, I mean, at, um, at target to making $10 an hour at the pawn shop, $17 an hour with a $10 mm. an hour at the pawn shop. But my Sundays was free. I had my Sundays. So I quit. I go to the pawn shop and work. Now, mind you, I quit. I ain't never worked at the pawn shop. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know none of that. I just know I want my Sundays off because I know that the value I get from these meetups is more important than anything I'm going to get from target. I, I just know that. Mm. So I get to the pawn shop, working there two, three years, whatever, cool. Got to a point, I stopped. This is in this transition between like music, I mean, making beats to making comedy skits. There's another meetup hosted by my boy Two Socks. Shout out again to him. On Wednesday nights. Now, this time, I got my Sundays off, but I can't get my Wednesdays. Now, my pawn shop hours were like crazy, man. Pawn shop hours were like 8 a.m. in the morning to 8 p.m. every day. It, it, wasn't no, it wasn't no in between. You was either, you was either 8 a.m., 8 p.m., or you was off. <laughs> that's just how it was so what i did was i started so okay this is a long story what i i started i really started lying to my manager right i told him i was like yo i got night classes on wednesday at cbcc which is a community college down here in charlotte and i was like yo i got night classes and i gotta go so he couldn't stop me from going to school so every wednesday i, I was out and i was going to these meetups these youtube meetups they were like youtube master class meetups where we sit we talk about you this was the first time Mind you, the first time I ever saw a person making a living off of YouTube, I went and he was, he showed on the screen, like, yo, he was making this amount of money a month, six, 7,000 a month. I'm like, yo, 
at a time, I'm making $400 a week at the pawn shop. I'm like, yo, oh no, I'm sorry, 400 every two weeks. So I'm like, that's crazy that you're making like that much off of YouTube. That's insane. So, um, so, okay, so I'm, li I'm lying to my manager like, yo, I'm going to school, right? And then, so eventually it got to a point down the line where my manager, he called me into his office. And this is why I have a love-hate relationship with that man. He was so blunt that I loved it, but I hated it. I loved it because it made me want to get out of there. I hated it because I felt so restricted. He pulled me up into his office and he sat down and he was like, this is at the end of the CP semester. He sat down in his chair, legs crossed, just like this. I'll never forget it. And he was like, now look, school is, this is exactly how he talked to me. He was like, look, school is over, which means you're going to be working. Ain't going to be no more leaving on Wednesdays. Ain't going to be no more this, this, that. You going to be here. And I was like, who? Who is this man? Like, wait a minute now. Hold up now. I'm a whole grown man right here. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wait a minute. So um, what ends up happening, he asked me. He was like, yo, for real. He was like, so look, you're going to have to know. So at the time, at the pawn shop, I'm the camera guy. People that come into the pawn shop know that I'm into cameras and I'm into YouTube. Everybody be watching my videos and stuff like that. So he's like, yo, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to either choose your job where you make this money or you're going to choose your little, your little comedy skits. That's exactly what he said. He was like, your little comedy skits. It was, it, that's exactly your little, your little videos. And I was like, my little videos. And he just sat there and he was like, like, he didn't know what to say. It was, it was a real awkward silence. He was just sitting there like this. And I was like, okay. He was like, all right, go back downstairs. I went back downstairs. And I think the next day or so, or maybe in between that time, in between that time, I put in my my um, two-week notice. It was probably like a week or two after that, right? And, you know, that was a lot that led up to it for me listening to. That was a video by Steve Harvey called Jump, where he talked about just taking a chance on yourself and betting on yourself, and eventually it's going to work. So same thing with the pawn shop. I was like, yo, I feel restricted here. Like, I'm, I'm ready to get up out of here. I put in my two-week notice. And the, the crazy part is, I didn't know how I was going to make money. I just remember my prayer. I would pray to God. My prayer was, God, I just want to learn how I can make more money in less time. I want to make either the same amount of money or more in less time. And so what happened was, I remember this dude came into the pawn shop one day, and he was, like, excited, talking about how he was, like, lifting. He was like, yeah, I be doing lift, like, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm like lift. I never thought of that before. And so I was, at first I was like, nah, I ain't really into that. Like my car already old. I'm going to be driving somebody. My car going to stop. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't really into that. So, um, <laughs> then, uh, um, maybe two days later or so I'm driving my mom to work. I mean, yeah, driving my mom to work. I used to do it every morning and I'm, I'm doing my prayers and it's so weird when I hear people say this, but now that I've experienced it, it's not, I really felt like God kind of told me like, yo, lift is, is the answer to your prayer. I just told you Lift is like you can make more money in less time. Lift is your thing. So what I did was I I think after that was when I put in my two week notice, and then I quit. And literally the same day I signed up for Lift. I started doing that, and that was it. And I was making money off. Of, I was driving three hours a day from five in the morning to nine or five to five to eight, making sixty dollars. And I think that was sixty dollars a couple times a week. So I was basically making five to six hundred dollars every two weeks. I was like, dang. I just replaced my income just like that. Just like that. Hmm. So then, crazy part, what happens is coronavirus hit. Months after that, corona hit. Now, ain't nobody going to work. Everything shut down. I remember, man, I came outside and I'm like driving, looking for rides. I ain't getting no pings. 
I was like, yo, what in the world is happening? I was like, yo, I'm not get, I'm not gonna make no kind of money because like it's ain't nobody doing nothing. So, and this is where I think it's so dope, man. Like, I think, like, I don't know how to explain it, but God is so good, right? So for the for the next couple of months, I'm like trying to figure out how am I gonna make this money. Coronavirus done hit. I ain't getting no rise. It is literally nothing I can do. In this time, I'm also learning about financial literacy. I found this podcast called Literacy King. Shout out to them talking about financial literacy and why it's important to budget and all that stuff. The What happens is as soon as Lyft stops, I start getting these random calls and emails from people I worked and shot videos for years ago. Hit me up like, bro, can you shoot my, my church service? Can you take photos for my daughter's birthday? Can you Dude, it was like random people who I, I had done brand deals for at the time. Like this dude, shout out to BJK Production. I haven't worked with him for a while. He hit me up after like three years of not working with him. Was like, yo, bro, I'm gonna pay you to do this for me. I'm like, I bet. So literally, the first like three months after that, it was just God was literally taking care of everything. And my prayer, I think, before I left the pawn shop, was one more money, less time. But it was also I wanted to make a thousand dollars a month on my own, and that meant uh, whatever way that I can make it, whether it be DoorDash, Lyft, whatever. So <clears throat> what happens is um, I get to a point where the brand deal and stuff stop. Brand deal stop. The um, the gig stop. And what happens is my car has an issue. My car is like starting to break down. I'm like, dang, I had like an issue with an oil pan or something like that. Now, the shop I went to, and, and this is just me talking about how good God is, honestly, like the shop I went to was directly beside the pawn shop I used to work at. And I, so I had to take my car there because it was cheaper. You know, it was like the hood mechanics. They was like, yo, I know Monica, he going to charge you 8500 but we're going to charge you 300 And I was like, I bet. <laughs> so I go to them and I'm in there and all day I avoid the pawn shop. Because I'm like, I used to work there. I don't want to face this manager. I'm going to punch him if I see him. <laughs> like, I was just like, I was like, yeah, I don't want to go in there. But I was there for so long. I was there like seven hours. So eventually I broke down, went to the pawn shop, went in there. Craziest thing happened. I went in there, I had a conversation with my old manager and she was like, not, not the, the guy, the, uh, she was another manager. And she was like, yeah. Um, basically she was telling me about this employee I used to work with named Mr. Harold, who was hilarious. Used to love Mr. Harold. He had left, he had like retired and stuff. And she was like, oh yeah, Daryl, did you ever pull out your retirement money? And I was like, Retirement money. What? Hold up. Now back up. Give me, give, give me, get hold up to run that back. And she was like, Yeah, from the moment you started working, they've been putting money for you in like in a 401k or whatever. And I was like, You lying. And so I called the people when I get home and I'm like, Yo, my manager told me I got money. Mind you, I've been out of there for like a year and a half at this point. I'm like, Yo, that, she told me I got money in here. And she like, Yeah, you got about $2,500 in. And I was like, twenty five. <laughs> So I was like, yo, so um, I did that, got that money. And then after that, within that time, and I'm going to speed the story up. I don't even remember what the question was. But within that time, I started door dashing. And then I literally door dashed up until I started making money off of YouTube. And that's exactly how the the, the, the journey was. That was a long story. I don't know if I answered the question or not. You did. You did. (laughs) My bad. Wow. Yeah, now, nah, Daryl, this is going to be my last question, man. This conversation has been so rich. I think the coolest part for me is just seeing how you you are. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, 
and I'm not saying nothing towards other guests, but it's like, it's rare that you see somebody come on here like, what, I'm just me. Like, can right. I tell you my stories? Can right. I, <laughs> I forgot the question, but I'm going to just tell you anyway, because I kind of wanted to talk about right. it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, definitely, bro, man, mad love and, and, and so much respect for what you're doing. I definitely wish you nothing but the best. But final it. question, bro, learn, having learned everything that you've learned through the, all of this experience, right? The the nine to five, the transition into YouTube, the meetups, the content, all this stuff. What's one thing you would tell somebody who's just starting today that wants to be where you are right now? Hmm. So the biggest piece of advice or, or what I would tell somebody is, so again, we host like YouTube meetups in Charlotte, right? And a lot of times I get people who, who talk to us and say, man, how do you stay motivated? I feel so like, I don't see the numbers growing. I don't see this moving. I've been posting for six months. So I'm not seeing nothing. And my biggest thing I think is like, there's a lot of people who, who are ready to give up in this YouTube game. And this might not be the popular answer, but I think you need to go back one and one either check what your heart really is or give up. And mm, I know that, mm. that that might sound messed up, but I would say if, if you constantly thinking about giving up, I would give up. And the reason is because I've been in this game 11 years, man. And never once did I think I only got 2,000 subscribers. I only got 500 subscribers because I'm in this for the content. I'm in this because I enjoy creating videos. I thoroughly enjoy it. So when people ask me, do you ever, have you ever, get, I, now I felt burnt out, like I told y'all, but when it comes mm -hmm. to, when it comes to like, oh, I'm ready to quit YouTube. I'm not seeing growth. I'm not seeing what I want to see. I never felt that way because I thoroughly enjoy what I do. There's this website called Social Blade, if you don't know it, where you can kind of go in there and they'll give you like a rough estimate of how much your favorite YouTubers make, what they channel grade is. And it's not really true because they told me my net worth was like five mil. And I'm like, wait a minute, somebody lied to me. So, <laughs> but, so um, you can go in there and I remember... So Social Blade also gives you projections. So they show you like at this time, your channel will be here. So they told me in 2025, I would hit 100,000 subscribers. And this was in 2019 when I saw it. Now, most people would look at that and say, man, I got to wait six years. Like, that's a long time. But for me, I was like, oh, 2025? That means I'll be full time in 2025. And I was excited. I was like, yo, like, I just know that just means to me in 2025, I'll be a full time YouTuber. Because in my mind, 100,000 subscribers mm. is you made it. Like that, that, that's just how I looked at it. it. It's never been about the numbers and the vanity. People don't understand. And this is, I'm going to be a hundred with y'all. I got 1.7 million followers on TikTok. 1.7 million. And they, they, they paid me $200 last month. They paid mm. me $200 last month. So on the 1.7? On a 1.7 million uh, uh, followers. $200. Wow. And so if you in this game for the money, if you in this game for the numbers, if you in this game for not like if you are not in this because you truly enjoy it, I would really either reassess why you doing this or I would really stop because there's no it's, it's, it's not about money. It's about the impact that you can make as a creator. That's that's the most important thing to me. And, and that's the advice I would give to anybody is when you get into this game, get in it because you genuinely want to be here. Because the way that I look at it is if you don't enjoy the process now, if you don't enjoy looking at your at your, your stats and they tell you you got 200 subscribers, you ain't going to enjoy that 2 million. Because I don't know if you think it get easier, but it don't. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It don't get easier when you get 2 million. That just means you got more people looking at you waiting to see what you got next. That's all mm. that means.
That's all that means. It don't mean that you done That's made big. it. Like, if I would have stopped posting YouTube videos today on my on, on my channel, eventually the ad revenue will go down. Eventually it'll go down. It'll stay up for a little bit. It'll probably fluctuate, but eventually it's going to go down. So it's yeah. like, don't get stuck up on this money stuff. Don't get stuck up on these numbers and stuff. Like, literally enjoy the process. Even though I'm telling y'all, like, my manager and this DoorDash and Lyft, look, I enjoyed the process. DoorDash was a blessing. Lyft was a blessing. The pawn shop was a blessing. I learned so many skills from all these places. I had never complained about this journey. I never will because it was fun. It was fun. And it's still mm. fun. But for the people who are in this journey and they just constantly want to give up, constantly want to quit, it's like, you got to do some reassessing, man, because I, I don't know what you think this is, but th this is, if you love it, stay here. If not, that's real. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, mm. that's real. All right, and this is going to be my last question and a treat okay. for the people who stayed uh, to the end. You feel me? Um, let's talk about brand deals. Let's have a little mm -hmm. masterclass on brand deals. Uh, mm -hmm. talk, talk to the people. How does one get one, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you talked about the one that you turned down, right? Like mm -hmm. how... How did you even approach them? Did they approach you? Like, we want to know about brand deals. Tell us. <laughs> so, talk yeah, to so, so a lot of times, honestly, now, I'm sorry. Mm. A lot of times now, brand deals, actually, they'll come to me. So they'll send me emails um, and they'll say, yo, we we see you and we want to work with you and stuff like that. That's, that's how it is now. But when I was first starting, I think like the first dope brand deal I had was like, I work with Tiff Streets, which is like a cookie delivery service. And I literally mm -hmm. just DM'd him on Instagram. Like, yo, I eat y'all cookies all the time. And I would like to collab with y'all. I got a little audience here. I think I had like 5,000 followers at the time. Like y'all got a little audience. Y'all trying to work with me. They gave me like a $400 gift card for cookies and I work with them. And, and like I did it because it's when you first starting, at least, I think you at least want to be able to tell people, oh, I've worked with these people. I've, I have experience in my, like you want to be able to show them something. So it's like, they want a video integration. They don't want to know that you're the first integration necessarily. Cause then it's like, we don't even know what you can offer. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it's like, whenever brands come to me and like, yo, we want an integration or we want a TikTok video. I have things to send them. They might've been free. They might've been cheap, but I have, I have a catalog. I have, I have like an archive of brand content for you to look at. So that's the first thing. Um, and then when they do come to you, what I will say is be careful, man. Cause I got played a lot of times. I got played. There, there are times when like, I've matter of fact, to this day, there's people who've reached out to me and said, yo, let me get a video from you. I send you a video and I still ain't got paid. I'm talking about like three years ago, still ain't been paid, still ain't been paid. So I would say, be careful. Like if, if, especially if it's like a startup, nothing wrong with the startups, but a lot of times it's like, they'll reach out and one, they'll ask you for a lot. It, like, it's so funny because we think the people who the brands who reach out to you who want to offer you the least also want the most from you. So you got to be careful. Like, like if your prices are two hundred dollars for like an Instagram post, expect to have brands saying, "Yeah, we want a TikTok, we want a YouTube, we want an Instagram, we want we want this, we want a a a, a, a link in the bio, we want two years of, of rights." We will expect that. Whereas the companies who I don't work with who have paid me the most money just be like, "Bro, we just want a TikTok video." I'm just like, "I right, bet." What else? Oh, that's it. We good. We finna send the payment. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, so mm. you, you got to be careful with that stuff. Um, so if a brand does reach out, a little system that I kind of have is um, normally what I do, don't ever, in my opinion, if you're doing it by yourself, don't ever just send off a video without signing nothing, without um, without having like an agreement. And even if you do, when you send the video, I used to send my brand videos with a big old black label that said preview on it. So even if you wanted to steal it, you couldn't. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that way it's like, I see the video so you can see it. But they gonna know if you post this. Oh, he ain't pay for that. He stole that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, I'm. I don't know if I answered the question or not. But yeah, for the most part, brand deals. <laughs> when you consistent and you posting on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, they eventually start to come to you. And what I'll say is, when you when you think about how much to charge and stuff like that, because I know that that's a big that's a big thing as far as like, oh, I don't know what to charge. I don't know what I'm worth. Like, really think about what it takes you to, to do this. Like, think about if they want a, a TikTok video, how long does that take? What kind of software do you use? Do you have to travel? Do you have to get things? Because another mistake I made was people saying, I pay you $400. And then I realized, oh, well, you want me to go out here and shoot? Oh, I got to shoot at this Airbnb, which is going to cost me $300. Then I gotta, I'm paying for this software to use in it or paying for this B-roll that's going to cost me $200. That's going to cost, and so I'm, I'm basically in the hole $300 and I ain't made no money off of it. So it's, hmm. it's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and as you keep going, you'll learn and, and you'll grow in experience and stuff like that. But those are a, a few tips I can think of off top. I think those are a few I can think of. Mm. Nah, I mean, hey, that that was my last question. Yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna just say yeah. thank you again, bro. I, I really enjoyed this combo. I thought this was rich, and uh, yeah, for anybody who's trying to be a creative, this got to be the perfect dialogue, yeah. bro. Like yeah. this was uh, as organic as all get out. Yeah, and and for for me, this is this is our way of giving you your flowers. Like we've oh, we've yeah. seen we've seen the journey, right? We just wanted yeah. to give you the platform to express how that journey really was. Uh, yeah. And we don't want to wait till you're super big or something bad <laughs> happens to give yeah. you your flowers. Um, this is this is just our way of saying, yo, thank you. Like, thank yeah. you for what you do, for, for the skits you do, um, and for this information that you just gave to the people. I'm yeah. just saying. Thank y'all, man. I, I genuinely appreciate y'all having me on here for real. I don't get many like podcasts or interviews, and the fact that I'm on Nikki and Moose, I really feel like like I'm official. I'm like, hey, I'm doing yeah, something. Like, I'm just so, saying, tell yeah. your friends to tell your friends. For sure. <laughs> but listen, um, first and foremost, tell the people where they can find you, mm. and then we normally let Moose do the final words. But since you're our guest. I want you to give final words to people who are trying to to do something with this content game yeah. and trying to figure out how to make money, create a brand, all this stuff. Just give me final yeah. words. Yeah. So um, first I'll say, oh, but you want me to do the shout out first for my socials or do the. Yeah, yeah. Do the shout outs. <laughs> OK, OK, cool. So um, if you're looking for me, you can find me on YouTube and my name, Daryl Mays. TikTok is Daryl Mays. Instagram, Daryl Mays. Daryl Mays everywhere. If you want to support me as a creator, I have a Patreon. Patreon is also Daryl Mays. So Daryl Mays everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. You just type in Daryl Mays. That's D-A-R-Y-L-M-A-Y-E-S. Um, and encouraging words, what I will say is if you find yourself in a place where you're struggling right now, even if 
let's say you kind of do want to give up and you you know that you in it, you know that you love content creating and stuff like that. I would say the most important piece of information I would give you is to really get around some people who do as you do. Find and think like you think. Find a meetup, find a group, find somewhere to go where there's a collection of people who talk about business and talk about social media and content creation because these are the people that's going to change your life. There are conversations like I remember again, just another another conversation, just like same guy, Two Socks Productions. Shout out to him, man. I remember the first time or uh, one of the first meetups I went to of his, we were sitting outside in his car and we were just talking. We we just be talking, just like I'm talking now, we be talking. And I was telling him, like, yo, my 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 dream car, bro, is a Tesla Model 3. I was like, yeah, that's that's my dream car. And what he told me was so strange. I didn't expect him to, re- to respond the way he did. He was like, Your dream car is a Tesla Model 3? I'm like, yeah. He was like, How much is that? By like 35 grand. I was, at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, bro, your dream's too small, bro. Like, you can afford that. That's easy. At the time, I'm working at the pawn shop. Or I'm, I'm door dashing and lifting at the time. I'm like, I can afford that. Who can afford that? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But to me, at the time, there was a lot of money. And what I realized was I was allowing, one, this poverty mindset. And two, I was allowing for me to... I was I was setting my, my dreams and my goals based on my level of comfortability. That's what I was doing. I couldn't imagine myself being a millionaire. I couldn't imagine myself making six figures a year. Even though it was on my vision board, I couldn't imagine it because I came up with no cable and I came up with barely food in the fridge and I came up with like struggle and stuff like that. So being around people like him, being around other creators, people who think in these these different ways, you start to see like, like I remember man sitting with this dude and he making all this money off of YouTube, making six figures a year at the time, talking about, man, I ain't doing nothing with my life. And I'm like, what you making? You making a hundred thousand? And he like, bro, I ain't doing nothing with my. I, it's more I can do. It's more to conquer. It's more to make. It's more people to impact. And I get that now. I get it now. I'm like, yo, you right. Like, there's so many more people to impact. So much more to do in this world than than this little this little box that we confine ourselves to. So I would say, if if you are looking. Um, to, to grow and to not only as a creator, but as a man, as a woman, as a business person, get around people, go to networking events, go just meet people, throw yourselves out. Even if you're not the type to get up and stand and talk to a crowd, like just get out and go. I went, um, I said, this, I said, it's going to be quiet. I went to, there's this group called Toastmasters. I don't know if you heard of them or not. I went mm-hmm. because I wanted to get my public speaking game right. Cause I feel like I don't like the way I talk. Like, I, I don't know. I talk fast. I talk jumbled up. And the one piece of information I got from that, I didn't even speak, not one time, but this dude came to us after and he was like, yo, um, basically like the reason that people use words like like and um is because we're uncomfortable with silence. And so we try to fill it up. They're like filler words. Whereas when you say something and you give it room to breathe, it has more of an impact. When you say something and you pause, it shows that you have control of the room. So that simple statement that he made, and this was like last week. No, this was Tuesday. No, what's today? Yeah, this was last Tuesday. Simple statement changed the entire way that I, I maneuver through these networking spaces. I don't, like, like, I used to feel like I have to talk more to give you more value, but now I realize I say more when I say less, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, mm. again, when you put yourself in these spaces and these places, even going to DC with y'all, like being in a room full of millionaires at a time where I'm making five hundred dollars every two weeks it's uncomfortable very uncomfortable but would i change it no i needed to be there and and whoever is is listening to this and you don't and you don't believe in yourself just yet like you don't know you need to be in those spaces too because it's, it's gonna force you to say yo i gotta do something like i can i can take my life to another level i'm in control of my own life so 
Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's I'm talking about. But yeah, that's 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 my advice. <laughs> mm. 